Hello there, and welcome to episode three of the Growing Faith podcast. I am Mark Daniels. I am a staff pastor at Mana House. Mana House is a church in the Portland, Vancouver metro area. And I am here today with Rick McClatchy, who is also a staff pastor at Mana House. Yes, sir. I'm at Mill Plain. Where are you? I am here in the great city of Portland, Oregon. Also, want to mention we're not just Portland Metro because we've got our Eugene campus. Holler out to our people in Eugene. Love, love having that campus as a part of our family. Yes, we do. And uh, man, Mark, I'm excited today to talk about uh, this concept of your life is your group. And to a lot of people, that probably doesn't mean anything. And I want to just give appropriate credit up front. You know, I, I, you know, I'm kind of creative sometimes, but this particular idea, we actually just borrowed the idea from Church of the Highlands uh, in, uh, in Alabama. They're actually all over the state of Alabama, like 19 campuses or something crazy. And um, they just have this concept of your life is your group that I, I really, uh, really kind of resonated with. And so we've kind of adopted it as part of kind of part of our philosophy here for groups at Mana House. Awesome. And as the guy who leads groups for our whole church, obviously you've put a lot of time and thought into how we should do that well. So I, I would see the, the idea that your life is your group as maybe more general. Okay, great. Let's start to break that down just a little bit. Let's, let's talk about some specifics with this idea. And I think one of, the, one of the best ways to explain how your life can be your group is the concept of allowing for interest-driven small groups to be the basic kind of groups that we push in our church or that we would want people to start and, and then lead. Why don't you talk just for a few minutes about the power of interest-driven small groups. What does that mean and what does that look like? Yeah, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us there's nothing new under the sun. So as you look over the history of small groups in church, um, there's lots of iterations of this. Uh, probably the most famous would be uh, free market groups. The, that idea kind of, I think, originally came out of Colorado, that kind of area. Um, and we actually used that phrase for a long time, but we didn't really love the whole market idea. And so we wanted to try to find another way to encapsulate the idea that we're trying to communicate to people. And interest-driven uh, really speaks to the direction that we're going is, what, what are you interested in? And that way, people, I don't, I don't know, Mark, just to be really honest, the biggest um, objection I get when I talk to somebody about being in a group or leading a group, really both, is I'm just too busy. You know, ain't nobody got time for that. You know, like, uh, so, so that's something I've been processing is how, if this is something that I really believe we're supposed to be a part of. And as we look at the church in the book of Acts, they met in the temple courts and they met house to house. So they did both. And so I think there was something there that we need to have in our culture. And boy, American culture sure doesn't help us any. And so we have to really try to fight against that. And boy, our culture is busy, 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 always something going on. And so what I love about your life is your group 
is that you start first by taking a look at what's in your life, what's already happening in your life. So, you know, the first one that I always talk about is, let's say you're a runner. Now, I personally only run if somebody's chasing me. And, and even then, I still have to assess how big are they and how concerned am I if they catch me. I, that's really funny. I might not run, you know, if you're chasing me, I'm sorry, I'm not running, okay? Yeah. Are you you don't scare me. me. <laughs> and so, uh, so you're a runner, you know, um, I know my friend Adam, he, he runs uh, probably six days a week, five, six days a week, and uh, God bless him. We're praying for him. No, I'm just kidding. I really actually really admire his discipline. Um, see, I always get derailed in this conversation because I want to make so many jokes about it, but so he's running let's say he's running five days a week what if you took one of those times and decided to intentionally create community around that one time what you've then done is taken something that's already a part of the natural rhythm of your life and built a god piece a community piece a relational piece into it so now it's no longer just me and my world and my thing but i'm choosing to bring people into my world to help me to help me think better i can help them think better iron sharpens iron that whole community process that's a, that's a great way to think about it you know for me i lead a group over at the mill plain campus and the group that i started was a part of my world i watched the seahawks every sunday in the fall go hawks and that's right and we started a group uh, on week one of the regular season and I gathered a whole bunch of, of families that I knew had some relationship with that for the most part are also big Seahawks fans and also for the most part were not in a group and we started gathering together and we did it weekly and we would meet at 1:30, kind of after the the services are over and we would go eat and watch the Seahawks if they played at 10 that morning, we're hoping no one tells us the score before we get there. But it was a part of my world, and I started to gather people where it was a part of their world as well. When the football season ended, we just continued to meet because we'd been meeting now for four or five months and built pretty solid relationships over that, over those meals. It, it became a really easy thing to just keep that moving forward. And now we're all meeting together. Here we are in May, still meeting every other week now. But spending time together, encouraging one another, we do pray for each other. There's a lot that happens in that group that I think was built on the idea of, let's just watch some Seahawks games. What would be your response to an idea like that? Gung-ho. Let's go. When are you starting it? For, I mean, for all, I'm, for all I care, man, you could record games from 15 years ago and watch a game. I don't care what time of year it is. Get together and watch the games. Um, I think that what it requires is some intentionality from the leader, um, because uh, when I'm training new group leaders, I always tell them, you know, what is the difference between a group of people getting together to play soccer and a small group that plays soccer? Mm. There is a difference. Right. Uh, and really, it's wrapped up in this word just called intentionality that I I'm going to lead them somewhere and actually just referring back to last week's episode of care. I'm, I'm leading people because I care about them. So as I gather these people and I begin to care about them, I better, I better darn well lead them somewhere. Otherwise, they're just going to flounder. And that's, that's not good. We, we want spiritual health in people. We want spiritual growth in people. 
And so as a leader of a small group, I just begin to find ways and it doesn't have to be pulling out, you know, Romans and doing a book study on the book of Romans. Now, if you got passion around that and you want to do that in the group, God bless you. But if you're doing a Monday night football group, boy, I tell you, we had one, um, I, I believe it was actually Sunday night football, a get together. And, and it was actually a foreign concept to the leader of the group. Like they had never tried something that chill and laid back. And I think had some level of apprehension about how well it would work. And they just decided, you know, for a spiritual component, I'm going to take halftime and we'll take 15 minutes during halftime for prayer requests, for, hey, what's going on in your world, for kind of that care piece. And uh, there are times, you know, thankfully they had it recorded so they could kind of pause it and kind of kick back in whenever they wanted to because, I mean, they'd be missing, you know, half the third quarter because they just, that conversation was so lively and so healthy and so strong. And actually they found a lot of, um, a lot of help around having a meal together. So it's interesting, awesome. uh, which maybe is a topic for a, another episode of just the, the importance or the, uh, the value of having meals together, um, slowing down enough that we're willing to eat with each other and what happens around the table. That's good. So, um, so, so yeah, I'm all for it. So you would say, well, I'm glad I'm not in trouble. That's, that's helpful. Yes. It's okay uh, to have you, Seahawks you can feel, you can feel good now. Small group. That's good. Now, so, Patriots, we maybe uh, not the be, Patriots. That'd be a real problem, Adam <laughs> So uh, Scott Ferrier. <laughs> um, is there is there an activity um, that we maybe shouldn't do? Is 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 there a restriction on this at all? Is is it just basically so? Here's my life, and these are the things that I like. I should just consider gathering around an interest or a hobby or an activity that's already there? Is there something that we would say, boy, I don't know if you should do it around that? Or are we simply saying, no, it's okay. I mean, obviously we're not going to do something that's sinful. Right. So I'm not asking that. I'm, I'm, is there a, a, an activity or a hobby or something that we would say, man, I don't know if you would want to do it that way. Or are we saying, no, literally whatever you have in your life that isn't committing a sin, go for it. Build a group around it. Basically, that's the case. Um, here at Mana House, um, our eldership, because of the significant issues that a lot of our society has in regards to alcohol, mm. um, that's kind of one line we would draw: is we're, we don't want you to we don't want you to have a beer drinking, beer tasting small group. Um, though I understand, you know, a lot of people really enjoy that. Something that they they could be really passionate about, and for all intents and purposes probably don't, you know, venture into drunkenness, you know, so they're probably not, you know, on a biblical sense, they're probably not in this world of, of sinful behavior. But as a church, because of the, uh, the negative impact it can have on so many people that, you know, maybe they're carrying around their coin in their pocket for how long they've been sober. And the last thing they need is to get invited to a group to experience community and be pulled off the, the wagon, you know, and, and have their life kind of spiral when, they could have just as easily, you know, had a coffee tasting group and maybe right. not had that challenge. So right. other than kind of that, that one category, you know, we always joke, hey, if it's legal and if it's moral, okay. do a group, you know. Sure. And so um, and so that's the one line that we have we've drawn with people like, hey, if you're going to lead a group, let's not have alcohol as a part of that group. But 
boy, beyond that, man, you want to, we've had people knit things and they're knitting things to, to give to cancer patients. Man, that's so awesome. We've had people that are doing football groups and soccer groups and uh, book studies and book clubs. And um, I mean, we have had a coffee shop hopping, you know, group where they do a different coffee shop every week and they go and. That sounds um, really good. I'm surprised I wasn't invited. It's okay though. So, well, it was a Portland thing, um, you know. So, so for me, um, you know, to be quite honest, my journey of uh, being a group's pastor, I, I went for quite a while without leading a group because I got stuck on two things. Um, what am I going to do and who am I going to do it with? And it's crazy how big of an obstacle those things became to me. Um, sometimes because you feel this pressure, if you're on staff, you've got to do a certain thing, you know, and I just decided, finally, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to start something. I'm going to take whoever God brings my way. I'm going to pour my life into those people. I'm going to love them. I'm going to care for them. We're going to have some community and we're just going to see what God does with it. And so I quit asking who, and I quit asking what, and I, I just said, I looked at my calendar and I was like, man, Friday mornings at six o'clock is always open, you know, and I like to drink coffee. And uh, you know what? So I'm just going to Starbucks six o'clock. I picked a Starbucks that was closest to my house, completely selfish, self-serving. And I just invited a few people. And then I just told myself, hey, you know what? If nobody shows up, I'm going to have the best devotions ever. I'm going to go and I'll just have my devotions at Starbucks. And that way I can't lose. You know, if people show up, awesome. If people don't show up, awesome. I'm spending time with Jesus. And mm. you know what? Two guys showed up. We read a chapter of the Bible together. We talked about what the Bible says. We talked about application of scripture. We prayed for each other. It was crazy how just immediately connection, vulnerability, like people were jumping, like they were just jumping in like, yeah. man, I want this to be a part of my life. Yeah. And since then, actually the group got big enough. We don't, we actually meet at the church now just because it's quieter and we have more space because we got, you know, 15, 20 guys showing up. And now instead of spending money at Starbucks, we're actually putting money in a can and, and donating it to missions. Wow. So we're giving 25, 50 bucks a week awesome. uh, to some missionaries uh, in Laos. And so it's pretty cool. exciting to be able to reach beyond our walls as a result of the community. So really that group did start as a part of your life. You saw an opening in your calendar on a regular basis. You chose to do it weekly. We don't necessarily uh, say that it has to be that. It could be every other week for the groups here at Manor House. But you chose to do it weekly, Friday mornings at six. Didn't interfere with your with your family, uh, and and it actually gathered guys in a way that suits them as well because they're on their way to work and it kind of works for them. And pretty soon it grew into something so big you had to move it from where it was to a different place and focus things differently. And it's still it's still going, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome. Um, and actually, uh, four other groups have started out of it because, wow. again, people get a taste for what this community thing is all about. And they go, you know what, I want to reproduce that somewhere else. And so we really actually just seen some natural multiplication out of it. Um, but for me, what the your life is your group thing is all about is that Jesus told us really to do one thing, go and make disciples and and so when people come back and again you know i'm a group's pastor and you know when you're a hammer everything you see is a nail and so i get it like but i get really passionate about people 
being a part of groups because I really believe that life-giving relationships are where life transformation happens, that where we really get to allow the Holy Spirit to really work on us. And, and so to me, when people say I don't have time for groups, it's like, you don't, you don't have time to be a disciple because mm-hmm. that's where discipleship, at least in our church context, that's where discipleship really happens. And so I really kind of, I want to push back on it a little bit and say, um, I think this is something we need to prioritize. The things in our lives that are important to us are the things in our lives that we make time for. And so for me, that's been a really big thing is, um, and also the whole like interest driven thing is to, to mesh together the worlds of the sacred and the secular Mm. that I don't just simply think about hanging out with my church friends doing quote unquote churchy things that we can go watch football together and honor and glorify God in the process. We can have a barbecue at the park and honor and glorify God's name in the, that can actually be worship together as we are celebrating who he is and what he's done for us. And, and so to me, I just think it's this beautiful picture of bringing the sacred part of our lives into the everydayness of life. And so that's what I love is it's not like, okay, now it's time to go to Bible study. Okay, now it's time to go to the church service. Okay, now it's time to, but that we integrate the, it's like a holistic approach to, to serving Jesus and following him. Yeah, we're really not supposed to live life compartmentalized. Yes, our life includes lots of things. And there will be times where we focus on one or another, and but we're not really supposed to compartmentalize them. Everything is all together. Life is holistic. And if you take it into the, to what we're talking about today with groups, if your life is your group, then that means take a look at life, understand what you are doing already, and and see how groups can become a part of that. It becomes something that's added to your holistic life, not another compartment of. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. And so as a, as a leader, maybe who is doing a group right now and they feel like they're straining, they feel like they're striving, they feel like it's hard for them to keep going, what would be your advice for that? I'm telling you what is, I think sometimes that straining, that I don't know. I mean, we were just talking about it earlier today. Come to me, those who are weary. Take my yoke upon you, for it is easy and my burden is light. When we really find God's purpose for our lives and stop trying to like manufacture a particular thing, is that's where it's like, just know how God's made you, your personality, what you're interested in. It actually becomes a magnet for the people that maybe God's actually created you to reach mm. because you're a passionate Mariners fan. Right. And and so you do something around baseball. Well, guess what that attracts? That attracts more people that like baseball. They may not even know who Jesus is, but they'll hang out with you and talk to you because they like the fact that you know what ERA is and what the OBP is and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, some lingo and you can hold a great conversation about baseball and history and how it, whatever. Well, that's cool because then that gives you a platform to actually reach into people's lives that maybe don't know him. And then groups don't just become kumbaya, have a great Bible study, know a little bit more about the Bible, but it becomes about Christ formity in us mm-hmm. that we 
we become more like him because we're pursuing him together. And, and your perspective on who God is, is a little different than mine. And as we put those together, our, our perspective on God becomes more whole and, uh, and we grow and we learn and we expand and it's, it's awesome. And, and we're not meant to do life alone. You know, it's like Ecclesiastes. It says, you know, woe to the man who's alone for if he yeah. falls, who can help him up? And man, so I'm just, you can tell. Uh, I'm crazy passionate. I could talk about this for hours, but that's good. Um, so what I'm hearing you say, though, is God has given us interests. There are hobbies and activities that are in our lives because we like them. And actually, that was put there by God. Let's let's leverage that. Let's utilize that, not just for our own entertainment, yeah. but to see how we could grow in relationships to other people and see the kingdom kind of grow as a result of that. Exactly. Exactly. Let Jesus be a part of every part of your life. Allow him to flow into all of those areas. I think it's interesting that in the Old Testament, the the children of Israel, they were serving a God that wanted everything. All of the nations that they kind of encountered had like regional deities like oh this god is over fertility so if you want to have a baby you better go you know pay some homage to that deity you want good crops well you got to go talk to that deity and you gotta so you only had to um use the the compartment of your life that you needed extra blessing in you take it to that god but but yahweh wants your whole life he wants every part of you surrendered to him and, and so that's like, wow, okay, I, you know, I can't just give you my, my morning devos and my Sunday morning. I need to be an everyday, all in, all about this thing. And so that means I love to shoot pool. Well, you know what? There's a bunch of people that don't know Jesus that like right. to shoot pool. Yeah. And uh, so why don't I utilize that, that desire, that gifting, that, I don't know, I could say gifting, that, that might have been presumptive. Um, <laughs> That desire, that interest, right? redemptively for the kingdom of sure. God. I think that's a great way to think. Sure. So we're talking here today about the idea that your life is your group. We've talked about interest-driven groups, so groups that are built around the interests that we have. How do we do that? Well, we take a look at the hobbies, the activities, and the interests that are in our lives already, and we choose to intentionally form a group, start to gather some people and build relationships with them and let it become a group. And, and we talked a little bit about too, how we're not trying to compartmentalize between my interests that are outside of the church from my interests that are in the church, but we're wanting life to be holistic, that God is interested in gaining our whole heart. And really, no matter how busy we are, what God has asked us to do is to go and make disciples. And yep. really the best way to do that is through relationships, And quite honestly, in our culture today, probably the best way to build and maintain relationships is in the context of small groups. Now, it's not the only way, and we know that, but it's probably the best way. What would be one last thought you have for our listeners today? Man, I really think you just kind of hit it out of the park with that statement is those small groups that are focused around shared activities because shared activities offer you the opportunity to draw people together that don't know each other. And yet it's not very awkward because we all like shooting pool. And so we already have this thing to connect about. 
we already like coffee and you know pour over versus french press versus and we can talk about the acidity and the you know whatever i mean it's crazy so so it's just this awesome beautiful crazy creative world god has put in front of us that it's not just you know for our own selfish purposes but it's to display the glory of god and there's so many ways that we can be a part of that while drawing people to the cross yeah. i think that's such an awesome thing and and again, just asking yourself, what is the priority of your life? Is it Christocentric? Is Jesus at the center of our priority grid? And if it is, then having ways in our lives where we build community and we make disciples needs to be part of that puzzle, as even, even when it costs us, even when it's a hard, mm. a hard process. And so are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to make that sacrifice? Awesome. Well, thanks, Rick. I sure appreciate you. Your life is your group. And thank you for bringing that idea to Manor House. I know that it has affected me. It has affected our staff and it's affecting our church as a whole. This is the Growing Faith Podcast. We are so grateful that you tuned in with us today. We hope to see you next week.